Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. My name is Joel, as Pastor Dennis mentioned, and we're continuing our series called The Family Tree. And we've been just kind of walking through a little bit of uh, biblical examples for how to have a right relationship within our family and within our friendships. Week number one, uh, we talked about what was in the roots of your tree. You see, your family, your, you have a family tree, and not all family trees produce the same fruit, but you also have a decision in that family tree of when it comes down to my place in that tree, what do I want the impact to be? So you, you're living in a family tree, but you also are a tree. The Bible parallels our life to trees. I think this tree grew during this series. Way to go, Cassia, taking care of the tree. <laughs> this thing's getting bigger. Um, but you're, you're also, your life is parallel to a tree. And so um, week number one, we talked about what's, what's gotten into the roots. If we're going to have a strong tree, we better make sure there's no rotten, nasty roots in there. Last week, we talked about the, the trunk of the tree. What's your life? centered around the culture of uh, your life or your family trumps what you think the values of your family are. And so this week, we're going to talk about the branches and the leaves a little bit. The branches, uh, they're going to need to grow strong to support these leaves. But also, what do branches do? They, they cover things. They, they can take care of things. If it's a hot, sunny day, you're looking for a tree to bring shade it covers you from the uh, pain that life can bring sometimes. And that's what relationships can do. It can help us uh, from the struggles that life uh, sometimes can bring our way. But what makes for a good relationship, back and forth relationship? What, what makes for a good relationship? Is it common interest? Is it the, where we are at in life, like our stage of life? Is it how much we laugh together, what makes for a good relationship, but maybe more importantly, how do I know if I'm a good friend? How do I know if I'm a good parent? How do I know if I'm a good brother or sister or daughter or son? How do we know? And one of the, one of the aspects of what it takes to, you know, be a, one of, a, a good, uh, I guess, partner in any relationship one of the aspects we're gonna look at this morning is how do we respond to the transgressions that we see around us? So when our friends or family miss the mark or mess up or kind of get off track or maybe don't live up to our expectations of them, what do we do about it? See, in a tree, there's branches going all sorts of different directions and um, they are starting to cross over each other with other trees. And those branches can help or hurt each other. And the same thing happens in your life and mine. We're all in these different relationships. And in those relationships, how many people know we can help or hurt each other? How many people have been helped by a friend before? Okay, how many people have been hurt by a friend before? About the same, right? God, but God designed us for relationships. The first thing God does, as soon as he's finished, creating the first human being, Adam, the first thing he does, what does he say? It isn't good for man to be alone. You've maybe heard that at a wedding before. It isn't good for man to be alone. 
I say it at pretty much every wedding that I do. So if you've been to one of those, you know. Uh, but God, that's the first thing God says when he's done creating Adam. Yet sometimes in life, it seems like it would be easier if we were alone, doesn't it? Come on, sometimes it does. Can I just tell you from being alone a little bit, uh, if, if you lived your life alone, you'd still fight with yourself, okay? If you're anything like me. Anybody ever get in a fight with, your, with yourself? Come on. I do it every time I golf. You idiot. Come on. Get your life together. You know what I'm talking about. But God loves relationship. In fact, God is even in relationship himself. He, he's a father, son, and spirit. There's three parts, three in one. He has his own community as well, but then he created us because God loves people and God loves relationship and he wants us to work this thing out together. In Ecclesiastes 49, it says two can accomplish more than twice as much as one for the results can be much better. If one falls, the other pulls him or her up. But if a man falls when he's alone, he's in trouble. One standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And three is even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We're gonna read from Genesis chapter nine this morning in a minute. We're gonna read about five verses but if you could go there um, in your Bible app on your phone or where, if you have your paper Bible here, I'd love if you went there this morning, Genesis chapter nine. We're gonna read from it in a moment. But as Ecclesiastes 49 says, when you're alone, there's potential for trouble. When you are alone, when you don't have the right relationships in your life, there's potential for trouble. And God's trying to steer us in the direction of you need the right people in your life. And just like how trees bring us some coverage, they help us out with that shade, the same thing can happen for the relationships in our life. We can cover each other and help each other out. You ever play like shooting video games? I know you're not supposed to talk about that in church, but come on, some, some of you, you know, you ever play one of those games? You, you say, I've got you covered, right? We've probably never been in any real shooting situations, but uh or, or when you pay for someone, what do you say? I've got you covered, right? When you do a favor for somebody, don't worry, I've got it covered. Everybody say, I've got you covered. I've got you covered. I've got you covered. That's the title of the sermon this morning. We're going to read Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9, we're going to go 18 to 23. I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Bible. Noah's sons who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were Noah's sons, and from them the whole earth was populated. Okay, so these are our uncles in Christ, um, your, yours and mine. No, that was a bit of a joke. You, you, weren't, you weren't with me this morning. Come on. All right. It wasn't. Next one will be funnier, I promise. I'm working on it right now. Noah... As a man of the soil began planting a vineyard and he drank some of the wine and became drunk and uncovered himself inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and he told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a cloak and placed it over both their shoulders and walking backwards, they covered their father's nakedness. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father naked. So here we see it. 
Noah's alone and he's in trouble. He gets drunk. He uncovers himself inside his tent. See, God did not design you to live life alone. God loves it when we cover each other. It doesn't matter what, what the covering is. I mean, it could literally be like this in Noah's story, but when you cover somebody else in prayer, you know, you go that, that, that extra mile, you go out of your way for somebody, God loves that. When you cover somebody else in grace, when you cover somebody else in forgiveness, when you cover somebody else in generosity, God loves it when we cover each other. And God gives us relationships in life so we can cover each other. Or another way of saying it is to keep us out of trouble. God gives us relationship to help us cover each other. And you know, it's often what I've seen whenever I've experienced, um, uh, which I haven't experienced too much extreme of it, but whenever you see somebody in some form of abusive relationship and they start to sort of talk back about it and explain to you how they came to this place, often the first step from what I see from abusive people is they try to bring isolation to that other person that they're abusing. They want the other relationships out of that person's life because if you're isolated, there's no accountability for their bad behavior. Can I just tell you that the enemy below works in the exact same way? If he can get you isolated and alone in your mind, he can have his way in there. If he can get you just stuck up there thinking about your mistakes, thinking about how people have mistreated you, he'll, you know, he'll use whatever you give him. So whatever it is that you're isolated, if it's at work or in your hobbies or relationships, like he turns them sour, the enemy wants you alone, drunk in a tent, just like Noah. Isolation brought a mistake and embarrassment. No matter how close we get to Jesus, we'll never be perfect. You might not end up naked camping, drunk, but um, there's going to be, you know, things that come up in our lives through the rest of our lives. And we have this beautiful picture in this story of how we cover each other in our imperfections. God is giving us a formula of how to love each other. When you're real with people, they're going to see some of your issues. How many people know when you got real friends, it's like, I know they're my real friend because they've seen how stupid and foolish I can be at times. Come on, that's how I know who my real friends are. It's like, they still love me after they saw X, Y, Z about me. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many people are thankful for real friends that have seen the real you and they still love you in Jesus' name? So good. Come on, say, I've got you covered. We cover people by not telling other people about the mistakes that they make. We cover people by forgiving them when they mess up against us. We cover people by giving them a second chance, even though they don't deserve it. Thank God that we have a God that gives us a second chance when we don't deserve it. We cover people by correcting their mistakes and not even telling them we've, we've dealt with it. I got you covered. So Ham gives us this bad example of relationship. He saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside, Boy, dad's naked in the tent. Come on, guys. It's, oh my gosh. You're never going to believe it. It's hilarious. And my guess is that, and this is what I was thinking about last night as I was reading through this again. 
My guess is that Ham has had some sort of trauma from working on the boat with his dad and he's getting back at him for it. Anybody ever work on a project with your dad and you got some trauma from it? Come on, let's be honest. I'm not gonna tell my stories this morning. It's not the place. That's what my therapist's office is for in Jesus' name. But, um, but come on, you, you work with your dad. Hold the flashlight. Come on, don't drop the wrench. Get it together. My guess is that Ham has had some trauma from working on the ark with Noah. And Ham has a choice here. Do I help my dad or do I help myself? And we see Noah's sin and then it's followed by this much bigger sin from Ham. Noah has this isolated incident and he's, he's hurting himself. But then Ham has this sort of prideful, gossipy, dishonoring thing that he does. He goes and spreads what his father has done. Ham uncovers what he should have covered. And the exact same thing happens with us. We have this opportunity. Do I help this person in my life? Or do I help myself? Do I prop myself up? The sort of undertone I think of Ham's action is, I would never do that. I'm so much better than that. And we do this. We'll do this at work. Uncovering people's mistakes. We'll do this in our family. Did you know? Oh, did you know what they're doing? Did, oh, did you see how their child was acting at the birthday party? We uncover someone else to cover ourselves. Ham was going against God's plan to honor your father and mother. And we have to decide who we want to be. Do we want to be Ham with skinny, limp branches, kind of like this tree here, um, who don't really support much? Or do we want to be the other two brothers? Do we want to be Shem and Japheth? Let's go back to it here. Then Shem and Japheth took a cloak and placed it over both their shoulders. Walking backwards, they covered their father's nakedness and their faces were turned away. They did not see their father naked. Come on this morning, say, I got you covered. First Peter 4, 7 to 10 says, the end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining, just um, as each one has received a gift. Use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied uh, grace of God. I just want to pause for a moment. We're about halfway through this sort of thought. But I just want to pause for a moment and just let you know that when I'm talking about covering sin, when I'm talking about not telling other people about it, what I'm not talking about is sins that are damaging or hurting or harming other people. I'm not talking about covering crime, okay? You're like, I know, I have a murderer friend and I'm gonna keep it to myself. <laughs> Praise God, thank you for that message. No! Um, but I'm not talking about um, covering abuse or sin that is going hurting a bunch of people. Um, when we encounter those situations where someone is like making a, a mess, 
the most important thing we do is we don't go and talk to people about people who are going to do nothing about it. We go and tell the people who can and will do something about it. When we are in these extreme situations, so important, go and talk to people who can and will do something about it. Don't twist the words of the Bible, please. But Noah here is mainly hurting himself. Love covers, humility covers. No one, the, the posture of the two brothers is nobody needs to see this, ourselves included. Even though we're in the midst of covering this up, we don't need to see this. We can put the cloak on our shoulders and we can walk backwards and cover and honor our father in this moment. Can I tell you, cover transgressions to protect vulnerability. Cover transgressions to protect vulnerability. How many people see somebody on the side of the road? You know, you see somebody on the side of the road with a flat tire and you think, you know what, I'm gonna pull over and I'm gonna slash another one. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't do, this is ridiculous. Or, or you, you know, you see somebody like begging for money on the side of the street and you're like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna rob them. Come on, we don't, we don't. We, and you, you and I, or at least I hope, you and I, we wouldn't do those things. And it's like so natural to us, yet we'll do it with our friends and family. Somebody's going through a tough time. It's like, we'll talk about them behind their back. What are we doing? We're just kicking them while they're down. We're just robbing the poor man, the poor woman. The closer friends we are to people, the more vulnerable that person is to us. People are vulnerable and Noah is vulnerable in this moment. We got to cover them. Cover them. It doesn't get more vulnerable than being alone and naked in a tent. Come on, somebody say, I got you covered. Like Shem and Japheth. This is the people God has called us to be. Covering gives grace. It gives a second chance. It gives encouragement even though the person failed. What does it look like to be Shem and Japheth? Let's continue to dig into this for a few minutes. It, it's, it looks like keeping a close watch on your tongue. Proverbs 15, four says this, the tongue that heals. How many people want to have a tongue that heals? Doesn't, it sound, doesn't that sound encouraging? No, I'm not talking about licking wounds or anything like that. Uh, but you know that the Bible is like, you can be a person that actually heals situations. Doesn't that sound exciting to bring Jesus into wherever you're going and go and be a person that has a tongue that heals, that when you talk, people calm down. Man, that, that's the person God has designed us all to be. That you can go into situations and it can be a mess, but you can go in with a tongue that heals. And then what's the next line? The tongue that heals is a tree of life. And we can go around complaining about the forest we live in, or we can go into it and be a tree of life. You can go in and be a tree of life at a coffee shop this week. You can go in and be a tree of life at your workplace. You can go in and be a tree of life at your family or union. You can even go in and be a tree of life at bedtime. How many people know you're basically walking into a pit of hell at bedtime? Parents, where, am, where are you at? You know what I'm talking about. Maybe you just need to come to my house and teach me how to put kids to bed. But the tongue that heals is a tree of life. But the devious tongue breaks the spirit. And that's what Ham did that day. What does it look like to be a tree of life, a tongue that heals? It's patience when you want to retaliate. It looks like loving people who have nothing lovable about them. Can I just tell you, some, some people think about us that way too. 
so easy to just sit there and talk about our enemies. I just tell you, man, we don't want to talk to our, don't go talk to my enemies, right? They're going to, they're going to tell you all kinds of mess about me too. So easy to get ourselves in that situation. They, 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 they. Yeah, there's always two sides to it. It looks like loving people who have nothing lovable about them. It looks like gentleness when you want to be harsh. It looks like joy when you want to be angry. It looks like peace when you want to fight. It looks like letting go when you want to hang on tight. It's how we cover. And you might be sitting there going, that is easier said than done. You're right, it is. I love this line from Henry Nouwen. He says this, you don't think your way into a new kind of living. You live your way into a new kind of thinking. So good. You just got to start doing it. You just got to start doing the opposite of what your feelings tell you to do in these moments where you want to be ham and you choose to be the other two brothers. It's cleaning up a mess that you didn't make. Brothers and sisters, Galatians 6, 1 says this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, how many people want to be spiritual? Right? You're like, yeah, I want to be a spiritual person. Yeah, I want, I want the Spirit of God working throughout me. I'm, just, I'm not just here for a TED Talk. I want God's Spirit to do something. I want to be connected to the Spirit of God. I want to be a spiritual person. So what does Galatians tell us to do? Restore If they're caught up in wrongdoing, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you won't be tempted. Shem and Japheth, let's cover dad so we can restore dad to the man we know he is. Beautiful. We don't need to see, nobody needs to see this. He messed himself up. No one needs to see it. The other two brothers give us a picture of what Jesus does for you and I. Romans 4, 7 to 8. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Come on, how good is God? Man, that's encouraging that we can go into the week knowing I am covered, I'm blessed. God is, is, is just taking grace upon my life. That's what Jesus does for you. He doesn't just cleanse, he covers you. Jesus sees everything you do wrong and he still calls you his own. Gives you a second chance, redeems you. He's got you covered. If you're in the room today, if you're feeling any heaviness, if you're feeling burdened, if you're feeling vulnerable, if you feel like you're going camping naked, drinking too much wine, can I just tell you, Jesus has you covered. Jesus is here to cleanse and cover you. And it's with that same spirit, the spirit of Jesus, that we cover each other. See, I don't think there's any way we could be like these two brothers on our own. We're like this, just living with such honor and such a heart to cover people. Like we're never gonna get it right every time. And that's why we need God's Holy Spirit to make us into someone who helps cover people in their sin. As Henry Nouwen says, we can't think our way into this. We just start doing it. And the doing changes our thinking. 
And we're trying to be a good parent, trying to be a good spouse, employee, friend, all those things. We're trying to balance all these things. But I don't think we'll, we'll live um, out the rela- relationships the way God intended us to until we give an uh, invitation to God's spirit to meet us where we're at. Jesus said, it's better if I go away. I've been on this earth with you guys, doing my ministry with you disciples. It's actually better that I go away and I'm gonna send my spirit to be with all of you and in you. And that's the spirit of God that you carry wherever you go. And if we wanna be people who cover, have relationships that cover, we need God's spirit with us. We need an invitation to his presence. It's funny, like we're surrounded by a culture that says, do what you feel. But we serve a God that says, not my will, but yours. We have a spirit within us, God's Holy Spirit that says, not my will, but yours be done. And so sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking we're doing the right thing because we're surrounded by a culture that says, do what you feel. If you're angry, be angry. If you want to hold on to it, hold on to it. Get him back. Jesus says, not my will, but yours. Not what I feel, but what you say, Lord. Spirit of God, be with me every day so that I respond to people out of not my will, but yours. What happens to these brothers when they choose to cover their dad? We didn't go into, we didn't have time to go into the the bottom half of this verse, but Noah blesses the brothers that cover him and he curses the brother that goes and talks about him. Can I just tell you, blessing comes from covering. God will bless you as you cover others. See, just like their father, Noah, blessed them for their faithfulness, our father, God, will bless you for your faithfulness. God will bless you as you cover. So what was Noah looking for that day? You know, he's out in the, I mean, maybe it was just a mistake. Maybe he's just like made some really good wine and and made a little overboard on the taste testing. But oftentimes, what I've seen from people who um, are looking for something in a drink, they're often looking for some form of escape. But I'm just gonna take a guess and I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that Noah was looking for fulfillment that day. It's like, I did all this for you, God, and yet I'm still feeling a, a certain type of way. And in your life and in mine, we totally get to those places where it's just like, I'm just not, I'm still, I know Jesus, I love him, but I'm, I'm still looking for something. I still don't feel fulfilled. It's the same thing that happens to us. And it's like, we're not finding what we thought we'd find in a relationship, in a house, in a car, in a career. They all leave us looking for something more. It might look different to every person. You might be looking for fulfillment in a drink or a bank account, a relationship, or even in your children. Um, an old way that uh, blessed was translated. I think now when we, we think of blessing, we think of like a house or a car, or like, oh, that person's so blessed. Look at their full head of hair. I don't know. As you get older, you, your priorities start to change about what blessing looks like. But... Um, but the old, there's, a, there's an old way of, of translating blessing that 
it was actually blessed meant fulfilled. So we're looking for fulfillment in all these things, and often material things or, or whatever that we think we're gonna get them from. But the only place you'll find true fulfillment is in the face of God. Could you stand with me today as we finish up? And that's what Noah is saying to these sons. That you're going to be blessed. You're going to find true fulfillment in life because you've acted this way, because you've covered others. And can I just tell you today that the only place you're going to find true fulfillment is in the face of God. The fulfillment we've been looking for often in so many other things, we'll find it in our God. Let's just take a moment to pray today. Let's pause to be still. Whenever we're still before we pray, we become silent because we're listening to the voice that says good things about us. Take a moment, listen for the Holy Spirit this morning, the voice that says good things about you. God, I thank you for the blessing that comes from you. I thank you for the covering that comes from you, that God, we mess up, we make mistakes, we wander away from you, we have bad habits, yet still you cover us, you call us your own, and you believe the best for us. God, I thank you for your word in Psalm 91. It says you're a refuge in our fortress, that you will cover us, Lord, with your feathers and under your wings, we will find refuge. You're a protective shield and no harm will come to the people of God. God, I just pray that we believe that about you. We'd chase after you, Lord. We'd be reminded of what a good God you are. God, we would rejoice in the fact that we don't have to do a bunch of work to earn this goodness, Lord, but we receive it by, by faith, through, by, by grace through faith in Jesus' name. God, we just ask that whatever... Uh, requests of you are in the room. God, if it's for healing, if it's for provision, Lord God, if it's for a relationship that needs mending, Lord. God, I just thank you. You see these things going on in our life, God, and you take care of them in Jesus' name. And God, as we leave this place, we just say right now, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Whatever work you wanna do in us this week, we say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. We don't wanna live this week chasing after our desires. We want to live this week chasing after you and all you have for us, Lord. So Spirit, come and have your way. Move us towards what you do in our lives this week, the mission that is on all of our lives in Jesus' name. And I just want to pray before we close for any person who just feels far from God today. You know your life isn't surrendered. So encouraging that the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all our our unrighteousness. And this morning you can receive that cleansing here. All you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And your, your church community here is going to pray, repeating after me with you as you make this important decision today. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth, living a perfect life and dying on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe that you're my Lord 
and God raised you from the dead. And from now on, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for what God's done in the room today. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.